Hey there, and welcome. This is Facts, Stats, and Smack with Avery and Kevin. We're going to discuss some weird sporting information around the world, not just local, but we'll touch on current events and stuff like that. So, Avery, that being said, I think Super Bowl's this weekend, and we're in the midst of the Winter Olympics. We start out there somewhere? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, definitely Super Bowl weekend. I, I'm excited for it. I just like to make something big for Super Bowl anyway, so... Since my team's not in it this year, and well, your team's never in it, so <laughs> we could get past your team, we'd be in it, but we can't. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, wh- who are you liking this year's Super Bowl? You know, no, normally, like if, if my team isn't in it, and it's stupid to say, but as long as it's a good game, but being in LA, got the Hollywood thing going, the halftime show's going to be incredible. Yeah. Kind of drew me in, and. I got to go with Cincinnati. Like uh, if they can upset the Rams in their own field, that'll be something else. I agree with you. I think I'm definitely going for the Bengals. I I can't say I'm a huge Rams fan. Um, they're in the same conference and division as the 49ers, so I can't can't really cheer for them. Uh, it's nice to see them play in front of the home crowd. Um, great moves this year to bring in Matthew Stafford and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. But I don't think that's going to be enough. I think the uh, Bengals just got too much swagger coming into it, and I think they're just the uh, the more prepared team. Like they're just on a roll. So I I totally think you're right. Like although I mean L A once it like once they knew it was being played at home, they had everything to aim for. I mean you don't want to make it and then lose out. So you got that. But I mean that's a lot of pressure. They, as you said, they picked up Odell Beckham. They have Cooper Cup. They brought in Stafford, and I mean, he couldn't do it. It wasn't a Detroit Lions thing. It was a Stafford. Thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is the closest Detroit's going to get to the Super Bowl in a long time with Stafford and uh, <laughs> Eminem playing the halftime show. So, but yeah, I think it'll be a great game. I think it'll be. Uh, I, I want to say it's going to be close. It, just the way these teams stacked up in the games before, I want to say it's going to go back and forth, and I really hope it does. I think it'll, I'm hoping for a couple lead changes throughout the game, and hopefully it comes down to like last minute heroics. So we'll see. Well, that's been that's what most of the playoffs have been so far this year. Like high high scoring, well, not necessarily high scoring, but definitely last minute plays to get that victory. Yeah, yeah, and that's what makes. Uh, for for me, that was that's what makes a good game. Like I don't always care about who's playing or who's winning if my team's not in it. So, like you said, I I think it's just gonna hopefully go back and forth. It'll be a fun game. I, I think I think you in the time I've known you, and I can definitely say I do, but I don't as a lot. Um, I like to hit up the uh, point spread now and then, or hit the pro uh, pro line for just a straight up win or lose. Do you, do you ever get into that stuff? I don't play a lot of pro line because I don't. I hate parlay bets. I'd rather just make a single bet on a game or a single prop bet. I do love gambling. I do love um, some of the prop bets as well because just prop bets are hilarious. And uh, oh yeah, and, and I'm not talking about like who's going to get the uh, the most receiving yards and the most passing yards. I'm talking about. Who's going to win the coin toss? I, I, and hopefully my wife doesn't listen to this. But like, luckily I don't get too involved because I would 
make a bet on who's going to win the coin toss. Um, what color shirt is somebody going to wear during a halftime show? Just stuff like that. So those are the kinds of prop bets that are ridiculous out there. See, I haven't gotten really into the prop bets. At work, we do a um, a weekly pool. We pick teams, most wins. Uh, if it's coming down to a close one, it's the final points from the Monday nighter. Um, I've now successfully gone two seasons, 0-17 this year and 0-16 last year. I haven't won a single week. But that being said, I also decided to get into the uh, the point spread. Yeah. I heard a lot about it and stuff like that. And I, for the first year actually thinking into it and getting involved, I ran about 63% winning. Oh, nice, I'll go nice. like yeah. 10 or 15 bucks at the most. But I mean... If, if it makes the game a little spicier, it makes the game a little spicier and exciting. Yeah, there was a. It was a few years ago. I I worked at a local TV station here in Calgary, and I guess it was probably about eight nine years ago now. And they had a pool going almost every week for football. I won, I think, three or four weeks out of the year, so that was pretty good. And then they had a really big playoff pool and came down like picking the right players throughout the playoffs. I picked a whole bunch of 49ers players. That was the year Kaepernick was on the team. Jim Harbaugh was coach. They went to the, they went to the Super Bowl, so I uh, I ended up winning that year and uh uh just some of the, I I didn't work for the TV station. I worked for the restaurant. They had a small cafe inside the TV station. Okay, right, right, yeah. And you know, the sports guys there like they had and I just told them, hey, if you guys want to use my picks on air, you're more than welcome to because I'm always winning. I uh, don't think they appreciated that so much, but <laughs> it was a. Uh, I had some good, uh, a good streak going, some lucky results too. So early in the, oh, I don't know, halfway through the season, I had breakfast uh, with my son, and I said, hey, before we get there. Let, let's just stop at the gas station. Let's just see what the numbers are like. And it was Houston versus, I can't remember who it was, but Houston maybe had two wins into the season. Okay. And my son's like, can I just play around? I'm like, can I put the numbers into the calculator? I said, yeah, yeah, sure. And he, he punches in a hundred bucks. I'm like, dude, it's minus 10 and a half. I'm not putting a hundred bucks onto that. <laughs> but the payout would have been $540. And he goes, okay, well, what about 50? I said, well, obviously that's half of that. I said I just the inside of me, I can't do that. No, it it's sitting there watching the game or watching the game having breakfast or brunch. Houston turns around and wins it. He looks at me and goes, And I'm like, you can walk to your mom's house now. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to put that much on. I, I I I like I say, I love gambling, but I don't gamble a lot, so I bet small and I win small. So it's more about just trying to make some good bets for me. Like I don't bet, I couldn't bet $50 on a game. I'll bet $5 on a game, no problem. But yeah, that's a lot of money. And that's probably what I'm going to do. I'll put five or 10 bucks up. Probably LA sitting at a minus four. And that's been stable throughout the whole week. So I'll just put the plus four on Cincinnati more than likely for myself and hope for the best. Yeah, that seems like a good uh, a good uh, bet, I'd say. But just some of the prop bets I'm just looking at now, like will the 
will the opening kickoff be returned for a touchdown? You can bet on that. Will there be a two-point conversion attempt? Another thing. Uh, will any quarter be scoreless? Will there be a fumble loss? Um, will there be a safety during the game? Will the last play of the game be a quarterback kneel? You know, there's all kinds wow. of bets that you can make online. And just going I think a lot of people it. lost money oh, yeah. with uh, Patrick Mahomes because he was, I think, plus 125 for playoff MVP. Yeah. Yeah, but those are those future bets. And sometimes you see the uh, yeah. future bets pay off. Like, I know in, like, in London or England, you can bet on your kid if he'll make the national soccer team or not. And, like, you can a future bet for 20 years later. Like those, those kind of things are incredible. I just like to make a future bet. My kid makes it to school Monday to Friday. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's good sometimes. <laughs> so there's the odds of, uh, how long the national anthem will be. Um, I already talked about the coin toss. Will it be heads? Will it be yeah. tails? Um, who's going to be the first performer to sing or speak? You know, you got Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige or Kendrick Lamar. I don't know anything about Kendrick Lamar, to be honest. So, no. um, What color will the uh, Gatorade bath be at the end of the game for the winning coach? Orange, green, yellow, lime, blue, clear, pink, red, purple, indigo, violet. I, I find these intriguing. Like These prop bets are just outrageous sometimes. So That's something I might have to look into next season because I, I <laughs> was happy learning the point spread, but this you, you got me for next season that's for yeah sure. yeah definitely like it doesn't matter like who wins the coin toss but is it going to be heads or is it going to be tails you got to bet on that stuff yeah. well didn't just outside of football but with a coin toss wasn't it about five ten years ago that gretzky's wife put ten thousand dollars down on the flipping of the coin for something oh, and man. his assistant coach was involved with that, and they got busted for a gambling ring when they were ownership partners. Oh, yes, I remember that. I forget exactly what went down, but yeah, there was a whole gambling scandal. I mean, if you don't know, it's 10 grand. Yep. So with football, here, here's something for you. Super Bowl Sunday is the second biggest eating day of the year. Any guesses what the first is? I would say Thanksgiving. Now, we talk in the States? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, American I, Thanksgiving. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think you looked up some uh, football facts because I saw that foot Super Bowl fact as well. So <laughs> I, I looked up a little bit. Some of my favorite facts. I don't know how many you got, but some of mine are um, the quarterback with the most rushing yards in the Super Bowl game is Steve McNair with sixty four, but the Super Bowl. Oh. But the quarterback who has the most combined yards, Joe Montana. With 105, so wow, I didn't know. I did not know that. And of course, Tom Brady's name came up with a lot of this stuff, but he only has a mere 28 rushing yards in 10 Super Bowl appearances. So that says a lot. Of, that says a lot about his ability to throw the ball, though. Yeah, yeah, those short, short passes. Sometimes that's his running game. So yeah, yeah. So you got anything else? Uh, any cool facts that you got? I do. Um. There was a, a few that I found. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are the only two quarter starting quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl with two different teams. 
Uh, mm -hmm. Brady, New England, and Tampa Bay, and Manning, the Colts in 07, and the Broncos in 16. Yep. Which which was uh, pretty interesting. I mean, those are two big legends in the game. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's a long time for Brady or uh, for Peyton Manning in between Super Bowls as well. So it was nice for him to get his second. Um, another one. I mean, I found lots of stuff about football, but it was there's one that caught my eye. Uh, Phil Sims was paid seventy five thousand dollars to shout. I'm going to Disney World moments after the New York Giants won Super Bowl 21. But they also paid Denver Broncos' John Elway the same just in case they won. <laughs> yeah, John Elway's name come, comes up a lot in Super Bowl facts. He's been in four, four different Super Bowls, I think. Won, won those two in a row and then retired, so good on him. You know, we talk about gambling and money. There's lots of money around the Super Bowl, but... The first Super Bowl tickets were sold as little as $6 at the Los Angeles Coliseum, um, which hopefully we'll talk about in a little bit. But now Super Bowl tickets, more than $5,000 a ticket. I think I've seen tickets this year um, on the low side for nine to $10,000 a piece. So you have to have some real money going into Super Bowl. Crazy. Yeah, that's a, that's a big amount of money. They've got the money floating around still, you know, to, for people to do that. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a sellout game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think the Super Bowl doesn't sell out now. So, And if people are willing to pay $10,000 ticket and probably even more, um, um, people will show up to the game. So it's who knows how much they're being sold on the street for. you probably look it up, but I'm probably not going to. <laughs> But spe speaking of money, again, around football, the Broncos have been talking about going up for sale, and it's going to be around the $4 billion mark to sell them, or to buy them, I guess. So. Oh, wow. And I asked my wife if she had $4 billion laying around. She doesn't, so I'm out of the running to buy the buy the uh, Col um, the Broncos. I don't know why I was going to say Colts, but, you know. A horse team. I mean, that would be a nice part-time second job to have. Yeah, like just part-time owner. I, you have yeah. a lot of employees, so you probably don't have to be at work all the time, just on Sunday afternoons when the games are on. But <laughs> but you might get to travel a little bit too because there's games going on in Germany next year. So Germany has a game. I heard something about that. They're yeah. up. The next four years, there's going to be a game in Germany. So I think next year... There's uh, two games in London still, a game in Germany and a game in Mexico City. There's a the talk that they've exhausted all the money that they can get from the States and now just expanding elsewhere in the world. Big money going on. Well, they signed yeah. $100 million TV contracts, so that's huge money. That's a big difference down in the States. Like, they were able to do the previous season with nobody in the stands, but the CFL couldn't do it because they don't have that type of tv contract and depend on the fans no no uh definitely they don't have that tv contract tsn is the only um provider of cfl content and you know there's no competition in canada for that cfl contract like i don't think sports and i think Sportsnet just blew their whole money on the nhl and signing that mega contract so how much do they have left in the tank to buy the rights to the CFL. Like, I don't even think TSN is paying 
hundreds of millions or billions like the NFL. So all the money's in the NFL. That's why players go down there. But I'll I'll always say CFL is an awesome game. It's an incredible game. I love the CFL. So Yeah, so we all know how dominant the Patriots were with Brady. And mm-hmm. then the year after that, not too good. But then this year they bounced back and then Brady doing what Brady did in Tampa. The Steel, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and New England Patriots are tied for the most Super Bowl wins at six. But also, the Patriots are tied with Denver for the most Super Bowl losses at five. Huh. I did not know that. Well, when you're that successful and you're going into the Super Bowl that many times in that little span, yeah, you're probably going to have a lot of losses too. Well, and they also had losses to what? Like in the eighties and stuff. I think they lost to the Bears, weren't they? Didn't they lose to the Bears in Super Bowl twenty? Or I think or they who was did because they only really started coming around once Brady came in. Yeah, yeah. Thank well, your quarterback that found his way out was, if I'm not mistaken, with the Patriots and got hurt, and Brady took over. Wasn't it Garoppolo? No, Garoppolo was Brady's backup. Yeah, Garoppolo was never going to see the field. Yeah, he was never going to see the field. He played some games when Brady was suspended and uh, when Brady was injured, but nothing nothing too big. It wasn't over under-inflated footballs, was it? No, I forget what the suspension was. It may have been for deflate gate, but I'm not sure, so not offhand. So Olympics are going on right now, uh, about halfway through the Olympics. What's uh, What, what kind of things have you been watching so far? What's caught your eyes? Definitely the men's and women's hockey, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Canada played this morning. Uh, that was kind of nice. We we weren't too productive this morning. We were watching the game, which the, the men won. <laughs> yeah. A uh, couple weekends, a couple nights ago, or, or I guess late, early, early morning, late night, was um, Canada, Canadian women versus the ROC. And I guess that game was delayed mm-hmm. by a good hour or so about something to do with testing or whatever procedure wasn't being followed. Canadian women won it while yeah. wearing N95 masks the whole time. Yeah, I uh, I wear those masks at work, and they're not the most comfortable, but good on them for doing it. And Canada was the better team going into it, but I think if they were wearing those masks because of the Russian team, maybe they put a little bit of extra effort in there as well, so just to dig it to them. Oh, definitely, yeah. But good on the Russian team as well, trying to play some mind games, trying to get in there, trying to throw Canada off the game. So I like that. Um, a little bit of, uh, I, I don't want to say sportsmanship, but, you know, sometimes you have to throw those bigger teams off in any way you can. So if that was their way to try to do it and squeak out a win, you know, good on them for trying. But oh, yeah, tactics. At the same time, you know, just didn't work for them. So, um I thought the big airs, like um, snowboarding and skiing, those were awesome events. Uh, um, the slalom for the uh, snowboarding is pretty cool, too. I like those types of sports that you just don't get to see every day. Yeah. You know, you can always turn on hockey. You can always turn on curling in Canada. But those big airs, like some of those tricks are just amazing, the men and the women. Like just the way they float through the, the air. The way they did that uh, course, too. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Anything you looking forward to coming up in the Olympics? Well, it, with the time change, it's kind of difficult unless I stay up or watch the replays of it when I get home or whatever. Yeah. 
because uh, I'm, I'm not get, I'm already getting up at five thirty. I'm not getting up at three o'clock to watch the Olympics. <laughs> when I catch thing, any, I catch any. One of the things that I'm looking forward to watching is uh, Mono Bob. So it's basically a one man bobsled. So I, I was watching some clips on it earlier on YouTube, and yeah, it's just like a small little mini bobsled, and it's just one person in it. They push it to get it going, and then just rip it down the sled, like the hill, so or track, whatever That's you want to call it. With the one man luge, maybe like maybe just COVID ripped the four man bobsled <laughs> team apart, and they all went their separate way, and now they're just a single mono bob. And that's the name of it, it too. It sounds interesting. I might have to look for it. Yeah, I was very interested when I saw the the name, and I was like, what's this? And then looked it up, and it looks pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to that. I like those sliding events. I was watching uh, the team uh, luge today. So they have the men and the women and uh, a double luge going all at the same time. Like they, one of them will start, and then once they pass a certain point, then... They just keep on going, finishing the race, but they don't track their time. But then, you know, another competitor comes down, and then they get to a certain point, and then the uh, I think it's the double luge finishes it off. So I think you have to be very uh, I'm not sure of the word I'm looking for, but confident if you're on the double luge. I don't know if you ever watched that sport, but you got two guys yep, in a very yep. confined space, and it's like just one laying on top of another. So. Not, I think comfortable is the right way to go with yeah, that one. Yeah, but it, to have two people on that little luge must take a lot of skill because like, it takes a lot of skill just to go down with one person, but then to be able to control it with two people on there, if that one person just gets a little skittish going into a corner, then you must like it must force the other person just to stay perfectly still or perfectly timed in your turns and stuff, so. It must take a lot of skill. You just to... go something like 140, 150 oh, kilometers yeah. an hour. Yeah, they're just cruising down. There's... I'm not taking anything away from it. Like it's more than just laying down and just going for it. But yeah, it, it must take a lot of skill and patience. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like the two man bobsled where you just have to push and push and push, and then it seems like the driver just does everything else. But and there's probably more to it than that, like two-man and four-man bobsled or women bobsled as well, but it just seems like they're so... You just hop in and go for it when guy drives, but... It, it seems almost less technical, I think, with the bobsled. As you said, you know, each person knows where they're getting in. You're, you're held in place yeah. with, with the sled itself. And where, as Luge is... Single or double, you're stacked up on little plates. Yeah. Well, same as skeleton, too. Like, just going straight head first down. It. Like, those people must just be nuts. Yeah, that's. Uh, I've done a lot of crazy things in that one <laughs> that I would never even think of. Yeah. Well, this, this seems okay, to so be going fast. Guess, but let's go just head first down. So what were you going to ask that? Um, what was I going to say? If I could guess. Do you, when would you figure the first uh, when, uh, Olympics were held? Um, Winter Olympics, 1924. <laughs> 250 athletes in 16 countries. Yes, I uh, I looked in, it up um, last week. So, in a little place in France, I'm not even going to attempt yeah. the name. I knew it was France as well. You could have tried to quiz me on that one. Like I said, I just looked it up last week, and if I didn't look it up last week, I wouldn't have known. So, 
<laughs> um, one really neat thing about uh, the Olympics as I saw is for in 1960 when the Olympic Games were in California, Walt Disney actually was in charge of the opening and closing ceremonies mm-hmm. for, um, to have that big production done. And the performance included 3,700 musicians, 2,000 doves, and 30,000 balloons. I mean... That's a lot going on. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he did. He had a pretty good career. He made a movie or two. Drew some stuff. Yep. He could draw rodents and ducks without pants. Did you? Is there anything else that you found out about the Winter Olympics? No. Um... Yeah, I'm just enjoying watching it all. Like when we're done recording this, I'm probably gonna watch some stuff. I'll watch what's ever on too. Like last night we watched some figure skating and it was a men's short program. Um, not something I typically watch, but you know, watched it because it was on, so and yeah, I have no idea what's coming up. I'm just hoping there's some track sport like the uh, luge or the skeleton bobsled. I'm seeing that stuff in real life, like they show it on camera, and it just, like, a bobsled just goes by. And it's the same when you watch it in real life. Like, you just watch it, and your neck just almost snaps as it goes by. It's so fast. Like, my wife and I watched it one day, and we were just, like, they just go by, and that's all you see, just, like, this, like, flash of a person. And that's all there is in that part of the track, just, like, on that turn. So it it is pretty quick, and it's awesome to watch. On TV and in person, so. And I've never had a chance to get out to our local hill that has a track. <laughs> our local apparently hill. It needs, apparently, it needs some upgrading, and they've shut it down for the time being. Yeah. Same. Stuff like that. So once that gets built up again. Yeah, they shut down the the sledding track, but they also shut down the uh, ski jump, too, which is disappointing. Well, that's right. I don't know if they shut down all the ski jumping or just a large one, but um, see, we're talking about Canada Olympic Park here in Calgary, and it's an awesome, awesome venue. I I love seeing it. Like I can walk out of my house and not even walk for twenty seconds, and I see it, and it's incredible. Like lit up at night. I enjoy the early, well, early makings of it because you get to see the snow makers like just blasting snow all over the place and just i i think it's an incredible incredible place to be and you know i i'm disappointed calgary didn't go for the 2026 olympics i know we had a vote on it here in calgary um what was that two or three years ago i don't know how you voted but i voted yes i i thought it was would have been great because you know, they probably would have been included with the building of the new hockey arena, uh, upgrading to some of the Olympic venues, whether it would have been the ski jump or the uh, bobsled track. And you yep. can see that in the development. And we have the oval, too. Yeah, of the Olympic oval. My son has gone there and done speed skating there. So I think having these infrastructures like in Calgary, you can see Calgary people in the Olympics now. And, you know... You, it's not so much you see the bobsled people in Calgary because they all train in Vancouver um, because they have the more yep. modern. So it's kind of disappointing that Calgary doesn't have that infrastructure anymore. And it would have been nice 
because there was such a legacy for so many years of Calgary athletes and Canadian athletes. Um, and they come to Calgary and train and kind of disappointing that maybe that next generation won't have those opportunities like the generation now does. Cause you know, utilizing Vancouver, that place is probably going to be outdated. Cause that was what, 12 years ago now. So, um, 2010, yeah. um, it would have been nice to have that next generation having those facilities, but you know, you win some, you lose some. That's my rant Definitely. for the day. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, th- th- there's a lot in there that could be unfolded and dealt with, but I think going for that would have been a great idea with having things that we're not going to have to start from scratch, but just have that maintenance yeah. thing, bring them back up and stuff like that. I think I heard the other day there's 12 or 15 Olympic athletes from Alberta alone and I think out of that, seven were Calgarians that are uh, yep. over uh, representing right now. Yeah, and that doesn't surprise me. And it probably was more in the years before as well. So, you know, yep. those uh, 1988 prodigies just going from there. So and great legacies, but what can you do? <clears throat> yeah. So that's a lot of Olympic talk. I want to ask you a question, though. How was the race last weekend in the... Uh, you know, we talked about the Los Angeles Coliseum earlier in the episode. There was a big race there starting off the NASCAR year. How was the race? I was and really that's all the time we had really for this week's episode. How it was going to go? <laughs> I, I was really interested in how that was going to go. I followed the building of it on social on their social media and stuff like that. You take something that was a place for ceremonies for track and field, and then they put in a track. They didn't have the haulers. They were outside. They had little pit stops on the infield. They made a quarter-mile track, and I think there's 23 cars on the track. They did a bunch of heats, and then the final heat or the final race was 23 vehicles out of 39. And there wasn't as much wrecks as I was expecting. Okay. Uh, there's a few rubbing in. A few. The first few cars that went out were due to mechanical. First major wreck the defending champ pushing a car into the wall that got pushed into him by his teammate. Oh, that doesn't so that sound tore like him a good teammate. Good. What's that? That doesn't sound like a good teammate. Well, no, I mean, or, or a good defending champ. Hey, so did you say um, his, I think, did you say his teammate rubbed him out or just rubbed him against no, the so wall? His teammate pushed a car into him going into the corner. Oh, okay. And coming out of the corner, he pushed that car right back into him, and it's really neat if you catch the right channel. It's going to cover the race because you can catch into what the driver's saying. Okay. Was, yeah, yeah, that was me. That that effort deserved it. I'm like, your teammate <laughs> pushed him into you, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it sounds like it was a success. It's something I would go to. Uh, it wasn't a points race, and I think if they keep it like that, you're not going to have the wrecks. But if you try to bring that in or points race where it means something, it could only be a different race. Okay. So yeah, it was an exhibition race or something, wasn't it? Yeah. It was the uh, Bushlight Clash. Yeah. So they do it. Normally it was at Daytona. Then last year they did it at Daytona on the road course, which yay road course. You see the car once every two miles (laughs) after they weaved and wove around the whole thing. Yeah. Sort of like F1. Um, Pretty much. Yep. 
Yeah, uh, and is it next week they're in Indianapolis? Kicking off the season? So next week is... Uh, or is it Daytona? O- opening season of the race season at Daytona. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to go to like... The Daytona 500. Yeah. I'd love to go to, say, Daytona or Indianapolis to see the race. Like, isn't... like I've done Day- Daytona, yeah. and I've done Kansas. Like, uh, both is- great venues. I would like to get to Indy for just the his- history yeah. of that uh, track. Yeah, because it holds, like, 200,000 people, doesn't it? Oh, that, yeah. Yeah, it's just humongous. It'd be interesting to be around that many people without COVID, but... And just to be part of that, like, I... I also want to, I know that the E1, and I don't know if you ever heard of this, is the uh, offshoot, the electric car version of the F1 series. So, and that's going to, they have a race in Vancouver this year, so that'd be kind of cool to see. And I know that the F1 series usually has a race in Montreal every year. They haven't had it the last two years because of COVID. But that'd be kind of cool to see uh, F1 racing as well, but. I think I think uh, NASCAR would be awesome to see as well. This with the huge crowd. Years and... ago, I used to go out to Vancouver when it was the Molson Indy. Oh, okay, yeah. down there, uh, with like Paul Tracy and all of them, yeah. and it, that was really. I mean, being a race fan in general, I watched Formula One back in Michael Schumacher days. But if he got the first corner, I'd turn off the race for two hours and turn it back on to watch him <laughs> win. A great driver. Um, Molson Indy was great. The last time I was there, they had two new apartments that had come up in the previous since the previous race, and they were all protesting. They had big voting signs on their balcony saying "No race, no race," and they had the flyover by a couple of the military jets, mm-hmm. and they built the apartment towers there, knowing that in the summer this is a road course. They mm-hmm. chose to live there, so. Sitting at my seats, it was great corner where we were where we were sitting because there was a couple of good wrecks and off the roads. But for the flyby, the two jets went straight down, straight down, then went sideways and buzzed in between the two apartments. <laughs> Next year, the Molson said, "We'll we'll buy out your suites for the weekend." <laughs> yeah, that would you weren't awesome far off actually. A seating capacity of Indianapolis Motor Speedway is three hundred fifty thousand. Oh, the not far off. I said two hundred thousand. Like that's a huge yeah. number to be off by. But um, yeah, but to see something. I mean, like at that, that point like, in time, it's still a lot of people. Like three hundred fifty thousand people in one venue, and that's just the seating people. Like you, you're throwing in thousands of people on a racetrack, and you know it's not like it's just the driver and four guys in the pit that are making these cars go. So it's. Like all those teams, you're probably pushing four hundred thousand people, maybe that that are at that venue at once. By the time it's all said, yeah, yeah, because it's not just like I said, if not higher, because you got media now. Yeah, it's not just one guy with a camera just following around. It's not one commentator that's just, oh, here comes Jimmy Johnson again. So yeah, it's probably just to see that many people at one venue would be pretty awesome to see. I'm a big people watcher, yeah, so probably I probably like one that. of the most historic tracks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Before we wrap this up, I know you wanted to talk about Marshman and his uh his um hockey. Suspension. I know you're an Easterner. <laughs> yep. It's all right. Yeah, I got I got I know something you're an Easterner. I, I got something for you as well, so 
what what do you want to talk about marshment in his Halifax roots? Well, a buddy of mine that I work with, he used to work for the media out east and moved out here for a bit. And when marshment got um, drafted, he had to go and interview him at his place. And he said, you know, once you cross that bridge, he goes, it's a different lifestyle. <laughs> if you go down a little, little bit further, where Sydney and um, McCrimmon are from, it gets a little bit better, but you hit that one area. I, I don't and know. Cole Harbor. It's... <laughs> and seeing him 25 seconds left in the game, you take a cheap shot, which he specializes in, and punches the goalie in the face and hits him in the face again with, with a stick. He got six games, but I mean, it's just, I don't know. He's a whiny little bitch. I, you know what? I like him, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, he's he's a decent player, but he's not out there to score yeah. 30 goals a year. He's out there to be your best teammate. And his teammates don't say anything bad about him. And I'm just going to throw this back to, like, Claude Lemieux. Nobody ever that was on his team ever said anything about him. But... When Colorado was in the playoffs, when did that guy shine? Playoffs. He wasn't, he yep. didn't score. He Well, he scored, but he didn't score a ton. But he threw the other team off. That's why Colorado was successful. That's why, like, Patrick Wall can hold up his Stanley Cup rings because of him. Like, he was just a menace to the other team. And,. You know, I'm not saying all menaces are great, like Sean Avery. Maybe he wasn't the best person, but, you know, there's always going to be those players, and I love those players. Like, they're awesome, and it it's what makes a great... He's a great guy to yeah. have on the team. Yes, exactly. But they go against, like, and the guy has skill when he wants to use it. Yeah, and that's what makes him a great player. He's not going to be in the Hall of Fame, but he's loved in Boston, probably. You know, after um, uh, Donato Chara left, I can't remember where he's playing now, but he was, I think, the only person that played with Marchand said, you know, I'm glad I'm away from that guy. <laughs> but imagine if the two of those had a tilt, like that would probably be a 12-round heavyweight championship fight. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. But um, speaking of Halifax players, um, Sidney Crosby is about to get his 500th goal. But why bring that up? On this day in 2003, Brett Hall was playing with the Detroit Red Wings, and he became the sixth player in NHL history to score at least 700 career goals. So Crosby has still a long way to go, but he's getting there. <laughs> but the only thing else that I wanted to talk about tonight um, is... Uh, my love of darts still. So there was another darting event this week. There's a, there's an event every week with the uh, pl- the Premier Dart League for the PDC. So, um, and I know you probably don't care that much, but um, Johnny Clayton won. I was very surprised that Johnny Clayton won. He's a good darter, but um, uh, Garwin Price, world number one dart player. He's in seventh place after two weeks, which is very surprising. He hasn't won anything. Peter Wright, he won last week. He's number two in the world. He's looking really good. He could be number one pretty soon, I'm hoping. His Garen Price is like this. Like he used to be a rugby player, like a pro rugby player. Now he's a pro dart oh, player. Wow. So he's transformed his skill set, and 
Yeah, I, he's just like this. He's like the Brad Marchand of darts. <laughs> he's loud. He's boisterous on stage, and people just love to hate him. And I, I like him because I love to hate him, and I love the fans' reaction. Like the fans boo him because he's a Welshman. He play, most darts are in England, so when he beats a guy from England, he. He shows his emotions, which is awesome, but like nobody shows the emotions like he does, and that's when the fans get and they they start booing him. But I think the fans love him as well. So um, I'll have to share, show you with Dark Hearts. Do they have it? Like you're saying, fans at all sporting events. And I'll classify that as a sporting event, I guess. <laughs> um, do they have like? It almost seems like it's. A wrestling match with little spears and the fans and the lights. They have walkout music or what? Oh, every player, every player has their own walkout music, and it depends on. They don't change their walkout music. It's like their nickname. You don't change your nickname. You don't change your walkout music. Once you have it, like at eleven years old, you don't change your nickname or your walkout music. Okay. Um. So yeah, they they start. They have their walkout music. They come onto the stage. The crowd's behind them. The crowd's cheering. The crowds are awesome. The crowds get dressed up. You never know what they're going to be dressed up as. You always see. I, I saw some Borats last week in the crowd. Um, you see some Super Marios sometimes. You see, like, especially at the very, very big events. Like, you see all these people, like, with big cones on their head. They have, like, dartboard faces. Um you know, people just like, especially they get like groups of four or five or six people and they all dress up like together and it's pretty awesome. It's the crowds are just amazing. Like I, I really like Sky Sports. Um, it's in, just a sports channel in the UK. They pump in more of the crowd noise and ITV, I think it is. I, I watch it all through the Zone app and, you know, who's ever putting it on the TV broadcast is who they show. And yeah, Sky TV pumps in a lot more of that crowd noise and it's just amazing. You can hear the crowd cheering and booing a little <laughs> bit more than the other station. Yeah, it's, I, I like it. The fans are just amazing. They just had the big world championship last month at uh, in England and it was just, it's like a two, three week event. They take a Christmas break and then they come back and finish it off. But yeah, I think it's just amazing to see the crowds there. It's so much fun, especially like it's it's a Thursday daytime there, like or evening. So they're oh yeah, they're getting plastered, and it's awesome. My only non North American sport that I, I excluding the Olympics right now because that's more of a world thing. Yeah, um, my buddy that gave me this shirt, uh, the Everton Soccer Club. We were doing flyers after our delivery a couple days ago and he had the game set up. I came in. I think there's only a few minutes left. I said, Oh, game's on. How's it going? As British as he could, he told me where to go because they were losing three to one. I'm surprised. There was that apparently many... they're the, uh... Oh yeah, exactly. And someone goes, I thought it was supposed to be a low scoring game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought it would have been zero, zero. So I, I just asked him, I said, what's Everton all about? He goes, well, based off of this game, they're the Edmonton Oilers of soccer right now. <laughs> all right, all right, we can work with that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, so um, I thought this was a fun episode. Thanks for coming on. Um, we'll be back in a couple weeks to do this again. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think this is going to be fun. Great. Um, I'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Have a, have a great day, everybody. Take care.